Hey there, product lovers. Welcome to the Product Love Podcast, hosted by Eric Bodick, co-founder and chief evangelist of Pendo and super fan of all things product. Product Love is the place for real insights into the world of crafting products as Eric interviews founders, product leaders, venture capitalists, authors, and more. So let's dive in now with today's Product Love podcast. So welcome lovers of product. Today I'm here with Mary Alexa, who is the director of product at public.com. Why don't you kick this off by giving us a, a little overview of your background? Will do. Thank you for having me, Eric. I'm excited to be here. Quick background on me. I went to the University of Michigan, studied psychology and economics. I, it actually kind of worked out given product is really the marriage between the user experience and the business. So one of few that has a degree that actually relates to their career these days. But I'm currently the director of product at public.com on the investing side. So what that means is we've currently have our our product organization split between investing and social. To have you understand that a little bit more, public is the investing social network. Public members can own fractional shares of stocks and ETFs, follow popular creators, and share ideas within a community. So we also split our product organization in that way to help develop the best experience across the board. We definitely collaborate, communicate all the time. But ultimately, our mission is the same, which is to open the stock market for everyone by changing its culture. Since we've built a social media platform within a stock brokerage, we're taking a community-based approach to make investing more inclusive, educational, and fun. So tell me, how did you get into product? To be very frank, I got pretty lucky. Uh, Product management was still relatively new after school or school for me anyway. And after some time bootstrapping at a startup that introduced me to the world of tech, I ended up with a role at American Express, which is not something known for their tech, but it was a user experience analyst role in a very waterfall world. For those that are unfamiliar with waterfall, because it's not really used anymore, it's mostly two to three major releases a year without a lot of room for iteration, which makes all of startups cringe where you can't move quickly and change things rapidly. And where the luck comes in after about six months in this role, the business unit that I was a part of ultimately became the startup within American Express with a combination of an acquisition. So their leadership decided to experiment with our business unit and technology. And they basically brought in a bunch of consultants to teach us about agile development. And two days later, I became a product owner to two web scrum teams. And that baptism by fire actually worked out quite well for me because I learned by doing. That's I've recognized that's the quickest way for me to learn something. So being thrown into the deep end worked out well. And instead of shipping updates two to three times a year, we were shipping in two-week cycles. And then over my time at American Express, I worked with web, I've worked with mobile, and I worked with some R&D teams as well. So it was a a great foundation to a start of a product career. You know, it it seems like everyone has their own little way to get into product. Every path seems to be unique, or at least a lot of them seem to be unique. And and a lot of them don't come from kind of a, a, a traditional path. And I do want to dig into American Express a little bit. But first... Tell me a little bit more about, you know, the, your problems, your challenges, what you're currently working on at public.com. Sure. So ultimately, we want to provide access 
and education to investing at public.com. Right now, our big focuses are certainly growth and scalability. But from a very personal perspective, I believe that our public education system doesn't do a great job of setting people up for success in regards to personal finance. I say this all the time. Trigonometry in high school, probably not something I needed. Learning how to balance a checkbook or understand taxes a little bit would have been far more helpful. (laughs) So I do believe that our combination of a social media platform and our community-focused endeavors are a great way to disrupt this lack of education. So we are very much at the beginning of that journey, and we're trying to create as many tools as we can for investors and and long-term wealth building. So, you know, talk to me about some of the product challenges at your job at public.com. You know, what keeps you up at night? Yeah. Challenges that keep me up at night. Well, at a high growth startup, we definitely want to maintain our growth and scalability. And in order to do so, we need to build that trust. So I think the biggest challenge here is making sure that every feature that we create, every experience that our members have, that we are continuously building that trust with our users. Because at the end of the day, we are dealing with their money. And money is emotional. Money, a lot of the times people think that, oh, it's just math, it's money. But if you're putting your life savings into a product, you should be able to trust them. And we want our members and our community to put their trust in us for their investments. And and also with all of that, there comes a lot of responsibility. We've launched a lot of products to help provide education in the right context and at the right moments. And we continue to look for different places across the product to do that. A good example of that are our safety labels. So if there's something that's potentially risky, we do want to alert the member in that moment that if before they invest, that they know that this is extra volatile for X, Y, and Z reason. We've also launched a feature called long-term portfolio where people can move what they believe to be their long-term I'm going to buy and hold this for the next 30 years, put it a little out of sight, out of mind, and focus on their long-term goals in, in that. So actually, when they get prompted to sell, they are reminded that this was a long-term purchase and associated with a long-term goal and just giving them an extra nudge on how they want to proceed to remind them of their original intent. Yeah, I like that. I mean, because there are people invest in, in different things for different reasons and and keeping their perspective on, hey, you're betting on XYZ for the long term, maybe that stops kind of the, the rash sell decisions when stocks go up, so to speak. Let's jump back to American Express for a second, right? Previously worked there, obviously a big company, very different, I imagine, in the culture at public.com. You know, talk to me about, you know, the big differences you see in working at American Express and where you are today and how that leads to different challenges. Yeah, absolutely. First and foremost, very thankful for my time at American Express. It gave me a lot of foundation in the product management field, in the financial services field. But at the end of the day, I would say the biggest differences are around speed, agility, and the ownership of decisions. When you're a 10-person, 30-person, 50-person company, you're likely making a lot of those decisions on your own and kind of have that ownership and accountability behind them. When it comes to larger companies, there are a lot of more people that you need to get on board with your ideas before you really are able to get moving on anything. So 
for example, if you have every single, not these days, but when most people or when every single person in the company is in the same room, that decision-making process is so much faster than frankly it could ever be at a Fortune 500 company like American Express. So now you've worked in, you know, FinServe, FinTech, you know, financial space for a little while now. What do you like about product management in that space? Yeah, so I touched on this a little bit earlier, but I think the education piece around it is super important to me. But then by nature of having these products be so available to people, we're breaking down barriers around the topics that were normally taboo. So I remember growing up and being taught, don't ever talk about money. That's not something you can talk about. I find that we are changing that perception and that it is okay to have those larger goal finance oriented discussions with friends and family and even people that you've never met before, like a lot of the conversations that organically happen on public. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, you know, that was one of the things you're supposed to not talk about, right? Like religion, money, uh, that kind of stuff. And this whole idea of a social network around that is, it's unique, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think one of the more interesting notes about the social network on public is we are the most verified social network out there, right? If you want to open a brokerage account per our regulated space, we need to verify your identity and make sure you are saying who you say you are. So that really does open the door for a lot of honest, respectful conversations amongst strangers, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think there is a lot of value in specific social networks of having a a strong understanding of actually who you're talking to (laughs) versus, you know, some of the other social networks that are out there and the anonymity they provide. I think there's advantages to both, right? Oh, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about metrics. What metrics, what data is important for you as a product manager at public.com? And are those metrics you think consistent across you know, what product managers building software should be concerned about, period? Or do you have specific ones that you look at, you know, to public that say you wouldn't look at uh, if you were building some other kind of software product? Yeah, for sure. So the metrics that we're super focused on at public include a variety of things because we are both a brokerage and a social network. Most importantly, as mentioned, growth is a huge one for us as a B2C company. I think the important thing for us is that we ensure that we keep our business metrics aligned to our customer goals. And I think that's where it is important to make sure that you're accomplishing both at the same time and that those all stay aligned. Ultimately, you're trying to build an experience that makes a problem for a particular person go away. While you're trying to accomplish that, you also need to figure out how to make money along the way. So in order to do both of those things at the same time, you need to align those types of goals. So for public specifically, and on the brokerage side, we do measure growth. So the size of our community, how active people are, and if they have invested in their brokerage account. Yeah, so you're also in a pretty competitive market, right? You know, there's a lot of options as far Definitely. as... Uh, sites, programs, companies through which to invest in the market. But at the same time, you have this strong social component. And because of the strong social component in particular, I I imagine you get a lot of feedback and interaction with your customer base. How do you capture that feedback? How do you incorporate it into the product decisions you make? Do you actually get as much feedback as I think you guys do? 
I would say yes, we do. We definitely have a very wonderful support team that interacts with our members from that perspective, but then also within the community. We have our community team that interacts with our members and collects feedback in that way. But ultimately, our members are our first priority. And probably one of the latest and greatest examples of this is a big change that we recently made to our business model on the brokerage side. We stopped our participation in payment for order flow, which is a common but controversial revenue stream associated with zero commission trading. And we did this so we could align our business incentives with those of our members. As I was discussing earlier, the business KPIs as well as the user problem solving metrics need to align. So just for some background on payment for order flow and why it's a conflict of interest, it's because those trades will go to market makers as opposed to directly to exchanges. And we wanted to remove that conflict of interest from our business model. So because we are building tools for longer term investors, we are less incentivized for those high frequency trades that happen multiple times a day. We actually discourage day trading on public. and most of our members self-identify as long-term investors, and we are working to build products for them. So for listeners out there who don't necessarily understand you know, why there might be a conflict of interest when you're not going directly to exchanges, can you explain that? Sure. So the way payment for order flow works is that it actually encourages companies to build products for more high-frequency trades and more speculative types of investing. And because the majority of our community identifies as long-term investors and do not day trade or trade on a very regular basis, it just didn't match with our incentives. And that's why we removed it. Instead, we are trying to find ways to innovate on the brokerage business model itself. And with the removal of payment for order flow, we introduced an optional tipping feature for users to decide if they would like to pay for the particular service that they are experiencing at that point in time. Awesome. Thanks. You know, going back to, you know, feedback, talk to me about how you do customer interviews. Yeah. At Public, we interact with our community on a very regular basis. There's the social feed, there's feedback that comes through that way. We also measure how our members are interacting with the app. And we definitely hear them when they are asking for new features and that kind of thing. So in order to get into greater detail around what is best for our users, we will tend to reach out directly on the app. That's kind of the beauty of having a social network directly in our product. A good example is recurring investments. We've seen many people post when they trade with an acronym DCA or dollar cost averaging. So in conjunction with the support and community teams, we try and keep track of those people that take part in those actions or even ask for those features outright in the feed and then talk to them and present them with design prototypes and wireframes to get feedback from from the user themselves so we can actually go in there and solve the problem and really create a new feature that will be used by a good portion of our community. And how often does, you know, public do customer interviews? Like what, how often are the product managers there interacting with customers? I think it varies. 
if I'm being honest. It depends on what else is going on in, in the organization and what other priorities we have. I personally have not done a customer interview in, in about a month or so, but I think it ebbs and flows with each team based on priorities mostly and other current events probably. So let's talk about teams for a second. You know, what's the approach that your company takes for building out your product organization? How are you building teams? How you guys are looking to hire other product managers? What are the backgrounds look like? Do you have categories of PMs you look for? Take me through the product organization building process. That's a great question. So personally, I believe that building a team is a little bit like a game of Tetris regarding people's different strengths and weaknesses. If I had carbon copies of me all over public, would definitely have many gaps and a big, large blind spot. So definitely want to hire people with complementary skills across the board. That could vary based on what we're looking to hire for at any point in time. Right now, as I mentioned, we have our team split between the investing side and the social side. So there is some benefit to having financial services experience on one side, but not necessarily the other. And on the flip side of that, we're building a product for everyone. The name is public. We want to open this up to the public, right? And really change the culture of the stock market. So in order to do that, you need perspective from those that aren't necessarily from a financial services world to build and to come up with something new and different different ideas and execute on those. I think that's probably the key thing that we're looking for across the board at this point is just the ability to operate and execute in the product field. Where you're coming from, that could vary. We have a social network, we have a brokerage, but there's also a ton of other products out there that could inspire different types of features and, and items on the roadmap. So definitely people that we can all learn from each other and, and have a solid sense of collaboration. Now, one, one of the challenges you know a lot of product people have, product teams have, is just the relationships between product and the rest of the company, knowing that you know product is often pulled in a lot of different directions. And part of their part of what they have to do is often to, to say no and keep focus. Um, <laughs> you have advice for young PMs out there trying to build, you know, strong relationships with the other parts of the company. That's a great question. I think ultimately what it comes back to is open and honest communication and frequent communication. Most times, you need to say something three times for anybody to really hear it. So when you think you're being repetitive, it's actually more helpful than you would think. And as for building relationships, I think building trust, going into that conversation with empathy, trying to understand things from their perspective, go a long way. Like if you have a stakeholder within the company that's like, I really need something because of X, Y, and Z, but you're stacked with priorities. I think going to that person to either understand why is it such an emergency for them and make sure you're asking questions around that. We have a principal at public called Honesty kills bullshit, excuse the language, but it is a principle. And it's actually one that I think a lot of us live in our day to day, which really helps us make sure we're working on the right things at the right time. So, you know, I'm curious, what's your favorite part of your job there? Yeah, that's a good one, too. I think I enjoy working with amazing people across in, in their fields, right? Like everyone is an expert in their realm. 
And it really shows when we need to buckle down and get things done. And I enjoy that. So definitely working with everyone else at, at the company. And then I feel pretty strongly about the mission in general. I've said it before and I'll keep saying it. And I'm happy to be a part of the team that is filling that public education gap around personal finance. It shouldn't be so hard to understand some of these lessons earlier in life. And until that changes, I'm, I'm happy being a part of it on the tech side. That's an interesting thing to talk about, you know, the mission-driven companies. And you guys have a, a pretty strong mission over there. I, I imagine that makes it easier to both make decisions and also to hire, right? Hiring from a standpoint of you, you really want to hire people that buy into the overall mission. And because, you know, yours is big and easily understandable, I imagine that can be a hiring criteria. And then, Absolutely. yeah, go, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to agree. And just, you can see it on people's faces that they are bought into the mission. And like you said, it, it's a pretty big mission and it's easy to understand. So it's not hard to buy in, but it just makes you care that much more and put that much more effort and that give that extra oomph to everything that you're doing. Because at the end of the day, you're helping somebody save enough money to buy their first home or to pay off their student loans or to retire early or to whatever makes them happy. So I think it's a pretty wonderful mission to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I imagine it has to help you too with, with decisions, right? Because you can look at and you can frame decisions in how it, it positively or potentially even negatively impacts your mission, right? Oh, absolutely. And that goes a lot towards our decision to remove payment for order flow from, we turned a revenue stream into a cost center, but that was better for our users. And by keeping alignment with that is incredibly important to us. And we always want to keep them top of mind when we're building features and products. Now, did you find when that decision was made, everyone there was like, you know, because of the mission, they're like, this is the right decision and probably something we should have done sooner. Was there that kind of like feeling there? So the thought was actually there ahead of time. And then at the moment when we did finally make that decision, I think everyone was definitely on board. And we had already been trying to figure out ways to innovate on the brokerage business model in general. So it was a, a great segue into that. The timing just kind of worked out well. Yeah. And I imagine, you know, given the, the timing with Robin Hood and, and things like that, that, that only helped the kind of growth rate of your business. Yes, it did. So tell me, what's your favorite product? Ah, that's a great question. I think right now my favorite is Duolingo. For those unfamiliar, it's a language learning app. It's been around for a while, but I try to do it one little lesson a day and create a habit to, to build some vocabulary out for myself. And I think the thing I like about it is that it actually leads to shared experience because I'm able to use the language in a, in a deeper way. And I see it pay off after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. A Pittsburgh company too. I've a Pittsburgh uh, company. Yeah. A soft spot in my heart for Pittsburgh companies, given my education from Carnegie Mellon and having. Lived oh, there I don't know times. that. So yeah, yeah. You got always got to have the shout outs for the Pittsburgh companies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. So uh, what language are you learning? Greek. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. I mean, to be honest, I actually, I would say I'm socially fluent, but vocabulary could always use some help. So awesome. That's exciting. Cool. And so uh, one final question for you today, three words to describe yourself. Oh, okay. Um, one, I'm 
direct. Uh, it goes into that honesty kills bullshit principle that I mentioned earlier. To be frank, I don't have a lot of time for the fluff, so it makes it a lot easier when you're directing communication, both written and, and speaking. It helps streamline processes quite a bit. Second, industrious. Nothing you want comes easily. So having that mentality and, and work ethic behind that, I think, really helps, especially in the startup environment. There's no task too big or too small for anybody when you're in this type of a position. So I think that helps kind of get you through that. And then the third, I'm going to pick a word that I am still working at, but I have found that it's easier to get there when you say I am versus I want to be so composed. So I am working immensely hard at taking a minute to think before immediately reacting to anything. I think it goes a long way. It lets you think about a couple different scenarios before you jump right into action. And when you're in product, especially in a financial services app, you're going to get feedback all over the place. So you need to make sure you're thinking before you're leaping a little bit. Awesome. Those are three good words. So thank you, Mary Alexa. This has been great. It's exciting hearing the story of what public.com is doing and bringing the social aspect and really changing the way that people are are looking at the stock market and and money as a whole. I, I appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful being here as well. 